everyone and welcome back to potting the red sox a blogging the red podcast i'm your host brennan campbell and today i'm joined by newest red sox minor league coach and rhode island's own chris Hess. chris thank you for joining me today how's your february going so far uh pretty good it's a little hectic uh trying to get ready for spring training and uh wrap up loose ends here in rhode island so it's pretty good and uh, just before we get started really uh I see you were born in California. So do you consider yourself a California native or a Rhode Island native? Uh, I think I'm past the point of being California native and I've kind of come to just be at home in Rhode Island. So it's kind of hard not to be considered a New Englander now. And since you went to high school and college in Rhode Island or just high school, did you find it difficult to get the attention of some of the uh, bigger baseball schools? in the area or like around the country, given the fact that like the weather in New England kind of limits uh, the high school baseball season? Uh, yeah, mostly for me, in co- like the college recruiting process was mainly schools in the Northeast. Um, it's kind of, it's really hard to go down and compete with the guys that play all year round for the spots on those teams down there, just because just the nature of the beast uh, with tuition and how that works now, it's just, it's hard to go, out of the state or across the country um, and get a ton of looks and get a spot that's a good fit. So, And is that in-state part of it? What made you choose URI over like Boston College or UConn? Um, at that point, it didn't. Um, looking back at it now, I'm happy that I did because I'm pretty set with my student loans now. I don't really have any. Uh, but at the time, it was more just based on what the school offered and what the program was like and you I just checked all the boxes for me so it was a good fit and going to URI New England school obviously um did you find it difficult to maybe get exposure ahead of the draft uh no as far as that um I didn't find it difficult they come to the scouts come to New England games they have their New England uh scouts and uh Northeast scouts do a good job of scouting the region and they they find you if you're good enough so they're, they're good. They're good at what they do. And uh, what did you make of your draft experience in 2017, like the college season leading up to the draft and then maybe in June, like the days leading up to your selection by the Yankees? Uh, it was kind of a crazy year. Um, I just kind of focused on being at school and enjoying it, being with my friends and trying to win a championship. That was the main goal the whole time when I was there is to win a championship. And I took it as if I get drafted, that's just icing on the cake. But my main goal is to win here. And then draft day was kind of crazy. Uh, I was on a golf course golfing with my buddies on an off day during summer ball. Um, I think I was on like the third hole, fourth hole. I got the call and I finished the hole and took off and got on a flight about two hours later and ended up down in Tampa. And uh, you were a 17th uh, round selection, right? Yeah, 17th round. So with the draft getting cut down, um, it was five rounds in 2020. I think it'll be from like 10 to 20 rounds this coming summer. Uh, what do you make of that considering it used to be 40 or 50 rounds? Uh, I mean, it's going to be interesting uh, to see it play out. I'm not really sure how it, like, it just kind of one of those things we're going to have to get used to. Um I think there's definitely going to be those misses of those 
guys in later later rounds that end up being having awesome major league careers. But I think it's going to come down to just how good the guys are that get drafted. Um, there's not really going to be any more guys that take a chance on. You got to know who you're getting and why you're getting them. So I, I, the scouts are going to have to do. Uh, they're going to have a. I don't know how to say this right, but. I feel like it's a lot of pressure on the scouts to get it right. You only have so many picks and you know, you got to do it right. So I don't envy them on that aspect. You only, you only played organized baseball for uh, like what, two years. So I'm just kind of curious if it was disappointing getting cut loose that soon into your professional career by the Yankees. Um, No, you kind of like, once you get there, you understand how the business works and all that. Um, as much as like I'd, they released me it's I was going to play until someone took the jersey off my back and they released me and I chose to stop playing after that because I just felt like I was ready to move on and uh, take another step in my life and try something new so and then I ended up in baseball coaching again so Uh, did you play indie ball too as well for a little bit Uh, I played seven innings yeah I played seven innings in indie ball I uh, once I got released, I kind of wasn't in the right mental state to start playing again. I tried to just kind of push through it. And after that first game, I was like, I got to take some time and see what comes up for me. And it ended up being coaching, took over, and I just never really looked back. What inspired you to return uh, to your alma mater to coach? Um, honestly, I was hanging out in the office with some of the coaches. We were just talking, hitting, and baseball in general um and they were kind of asking me what my plan was besides playing golf every day for a couple months uh and they just asked if I would kind of like we came to a conclusion like if I could just kind of help them out in any way just be around the guys for a little bit and it kind of just evolved into me taking over with the hitters at URI and being on being on the coaching staff and uh, coaching at URI, how did that prepare you for your role with the Red Sox now, uh, which we'll get into a little, in a little bit? Just understanding how to work with the team atmosphere. Because uh, I was doing lessons when I was in pro ball in college. I do individual lessons, but you're managing 15 plus guys in an hour time slot. And you got to make sure each guy's kind of getting their fair share. Um and what I mean by that is like they have to know what they're working on and how to work on it. So it's, you have to do a really good job implementing um, procedures so that they know what they're doing every single day. So it's a lot of practice plans. It's a lot of conversations when they're in the cage, outside the cage of talking about what us as the coaching staff want to see out of them and aligning it with their views of themselves. You, did you start your own? Uh, training or lesson program with a 401 uh, baseball 401 baseball training yep 401 elite baseball training uh i wasn't necessarily it's more for like the people that reach out about lessons and current clients if they want more uh just kind of a all-in-one database of what i do and i can just quickly send them the link instead of trying to uh, text it out every single time we're talking to it I could just kind of send it out and everything's there that you kind of want to see. So what are you looking for? It was that something like somewhat of a resume builder per se, like when you're like pursuing a job with the Red Sox, did you use that 
Um, I actually just started that probably about three weeks ago. So it was after I got the job. It was, uh, like I said, it was just more convenience um, for me on the business end of doing lessons and all that. And then it's just convenience of being able to send it to people when they ask uh, what I do for lessons. So I just send them the link and I'm like, feel free to look through it. Any additional questions, let me know. So it helps me out and them out. So even though you were an infielder in college, you are certified to coach uh, hitting and pitching, <laughs> correct? Yeah, I have the uh, on-base U pitching and hitting certification. So now that you're with the Red Sox, will you kind of be like versatile with your coaching roles or will you be like restricted to one area? Uh, I'm not going to be doing any pitching. Uh, the only reason I have that certification is me and the pitching coach went out and we both wanted to do – we wanted to do both of them because it was two days, two days. So they're back to back. Um, and we were staying out at my brother's house. So we were just like, we might as well stay the whole weekend, go to both. That way we both get the information. We both can talk about it. And it's not just my perspective on the whole thing. It's like we have both of ours and we can talk about it and collaborate on stuff. So I don't think I would, I was never a good pitcher and I don't plan on ever being a good pitcher or pitching coach. So, so will uh, your work have, at Fort Myers mostly consist of like fielding or hitting stuff like that. Yeah. I'll be more on the position player side, uh, defense, hitting base running, all that stuff. And would you ever want to like add more elements to your coaching game, such as like mental skills or strength and conditioning? Uh, yeah, I've done a strength and conditioning internship. Uh, after I got released, that's actually after I played a ton of golf, I did an internship and then I was like, going back and forth between that and URI, um, doing a lot of the strength conditioning, learning from my personal trainer, Steve Crandall. He, awesome guy, ton of knowledge, kind of changed the way I looked at baseball and the baseball world. So I kind of credit him to changing the way I think about things and how I look at things. So, And do you know, like, will you be spending in the entirety of 2021 or the 2021 season in Fort Myers? Um, on, yeah, I think so. That's kind of what the plan is. I don't foresee anything kind of going crazy and having to change roles. Um, I'm going to be in the GCL, uh, working with them. So do you know, I didn't know that like if there is going to be a Gulf coast league season, is there, have they said, um, that I'll just be at the complex. Uh, I just know it as the GCL. Yeah. Like I, when I say GCL, it means complex to me. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know what I mean? Inter- interchangeable. Are you in Fort Myers right now or? No, I'm still in Rhode Island. Um, I haven't left yet. I'm still working with the URI guys uh, part-time, just kind of helping out a little bit uh, before I take off and uh, head down south for the warmer weather. Uh, do you have a specific report date yet or is that to be determined given the fact the minor league season is probably in, the start date's probably getting pushed back? Uh, it's still to be determined. Um, I'm still waiting to hear kind of when I can – head down there and get everything settled. So just a waiting game. Have you tried to like uh, familiarize yourself with any players you could be working with down there? Or are you just waiting to uh, you meet the guys who will be down there? Uh, I'm more of like an in-person. Uh, I want to meet them, get in the cage with them, see them on the field kind of thing, interact with them. Uh, I know a couple of guys. I know I was familiar with a couple of guys that work on the athletic staff and the strength and conditioning staff. So that'll be nice too. I have a little uh, help on that end. And on that note, um, in the same press release you were mentioned in, uh, the 
Bianca Smith was named as someone who will be coaching in Fort Myers. So I was wondering if you were looking forward to working with her and what'd you make of the Red Sox hiring her? Uh, yeah, no, it's going to, it's an awesome, awesome thing for baseball and it's an awesome thing for her. Um, but my view of it is she's a coach and the Red Sox hired her to be a great coach. So I expect great things and I'm sure she's going to be awesome. So on my end, it doesn't change anything really. I'm just, it, she's the first, but I hope it's the first of many. So, yeah. So you think she'll maybe pave a path for other, pave a path for other black women to coach in professional baseball? Yeah, I would. I I really do. I really hope that's the case. And like I said, I hope she's the first of many. On your URI page, it said you uh, grew up um, as a fan of Evan Longoria. So I was curious what you liked about his game, like raise uh, of the Giants. It was more his swing and the kind of the way he played third base. Like I was playing third base at the time. And I just loved the way he played his swing. Uh, I used to hit a little bit like him. I tried to emulate him when I was younger. Uh, as I got older, I realized it's probably not the best swing for me, but I just loved the way he swung the bat and played. And I just thought he was, well, he was pretty much my favorite player growing up. So. Is that like still the case today? Or you kind of reached the point where you're past having favorite, favorite players? Um. No, he's still, like, I say to this day, him, uh, Troy Tulowitzki, were, like, the two guys I grew up watching. So those are those are the guys I would love to see do well and everything, so. And speaking of infielders, uh, veteran infielders, Dustin Pedroia retired earlier this week. So I was kind of curious, since you grew up in New England, um, what you thought about his game, his career, and how he retired this week? Uh, I thought he was awesome, awesome for the game of baseball, just the way he played the game, how he showed up and just took every ounce of himself out on that field. You know what I mean? Never left anything on the table. He just attacked. But I will say I was not a Red Sox fan growing up because they're always kicking the crap out of the Angels when I was a fan of them. So it was more like you hate them because they're just so good. Um, But now that I'm in New England, I just see how awesome – the fans are and like I see it every day just like everyone I'm around uh my girlfriend's a Red Sox fan she's been giving me crap since day one Angels Yankees and and now she's all excited that I finally get to experience the Red Sox and everything that goes along with that so and since you grew up in Rhode Island I assume you went to a fair share of Paw Sox games growing up I've actually never been to a Paw Sox game oh wow yeah um I don't know. I just, I never made it up there. So. Do you still think Rhode Island deserves to maybe have a minor league team though, since, I mean, they moved to Worcester? Um, I do. I mean, it's awesome for the state to have a team, but it's, I, that's so much, that's political. And I it's just, I don't have much to say on that fact. Uh, I mean, it'd be, it's awesome. Like Pawtucket, when they were here, it was awesome. I played my high school games at McCoy. It was always a cool experience. Um, but it just, it's one of those things that's way above my head and it goes all into the politics and what's best for the or- two organizations working together. So you played for uh, Hyannis in the Cape League in 2016, even though did you only play one game or was that a mistake on baseball reference? No, no, I played one. I, so I played in the NECBL that year. Um, and then I got a call at like midnight to go 
fill in or something. So I drove up, played the next day, and then the playoffs started. And I ended up not playing those two games, but it was still cool to be up there. And I, the host family ended up being from my hometown in Rhode Island. So I got to stay the week at their beach house. Uh, when they So I had the house to myself for about a week in the Cape. So it was cool. So you were like a call-up, basically? Pretty much just like a late uh, September call-up kind of thing. So when people think about like the college leagues around here, obviously the Cape League takes uh, precedence or whatever the word is. Mm-hmm. But uh, like you mentioned, New England College of Baseball League, pretty uh, impressive too. What did you make of your time there playing in that league? Uh, I loved it. It was awesome because uh, I played on the Ocean State Waves, which is down the street, uh, literally five miles from URI campus. So I, being from Rhode Island, I could live at home all summer and go play and then come home every day. Uh, so it was just nice being there. And then the competition, the competitions, I mean, just as good as the Cape. Uh, I would say the Cape probably a little deeper and the high end talent is amazing there. But I would say overall, it's not a huge leap between the two leagues. Uh, since you're only in Hyannis for a short time, did you have to meet anyone who maybe has like taken off now in the majors or minors? Um, not that I can think of off the top of my head. No, not but a couple guys in pro ball that I came back across uh, when I ended up playing, but no one, I don't think from those the games I played ended up in the big leagues or doing anything like that. Yeah. And how would you compare the beaches of Massachusetts to the beaches of Rhode Island? I don't go into the beaches in Mass. Not taking, nope. Not even on the Cape? No, nah, I'm staying away from those sharks. Oh, those sharks. <laughs> not, yeah. uh, I won't go into the water in, in the Cape, especially uh, late summer. <laughs> I won't do it. So I'll stay in Rhode Island and stay in my little, uh, my little bay. Just looking ahead now, uh, what would you like to accomplish as a coach? And uh, just like answer that generally, broadly. Uh, my goal as a coach is just to help the guy get to the next level. Um, the big thing I like to think about is like, I don't care if it's something I say or the next guy in the next room, as long as that player is getting better and is progressing, then I'm doing my job. So I just, I want to help the guy get to the next level. And then I want to learn a ton from people around me. Uh, I know I don't know everything and I'm glad I don't because I'm trying to learn as much as possible to help other people. So when you're trying to help these guys reach the next level, what are you trying to uh, pass on to them? Or like how you're trying to coach them up? Uh, I think the big thing is knowing who you are and knowing what makes you successful. Uh, And going back to that every day, having that foundation of, okay, this is what makes me good. And this is why I'm going to make it to the big leagues and just continuing the process to get better at that every day, I think is going to help these guys really strive and make huge jumps towards their uh, end goal. Like a trend among former players seems to be taking like these front office roles where like you're able to like deliver information between front offices and players or coaching staffs. So do you, it's called like a conduit, I believe. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you, would you ever envision yourself taking on that kind of role in the future? As as of right now? No, Uh, I don't know what the future holds, but right now I'd, I'd rather be on the field in the cages working with guys. Um, not 
I don't really have any intentions of doing that. I'm more, I just like being on the field, being with the guys, being in the dugout. I enjoy that part of the game. So I think I'm for now, I'm happy doing what I'm doing. Have there been any um, Red Sox minor league coaches you've gotten in contact with since your hiring was made official? Um, during the interview process, I probably talked to, I feel like half the organization. I had a phone call, like, I think I had three in one day and then two the next day. So I pretty much, I feel like I've talked to a fair share of the organization already. Um, but the guy I talked to the most is my, my buddy, Bobby, he's the athletic trainer and uh, he's going to be in Salem this year. I was actually, I was in his wedding and he was my athletic trainer at URI. So I've known him for at least six years now. So he's probably the closest person I have in the organization. And during the interview process would like a Heim Bloom get involved with that? Or was it more maybe like a Ben Crockett or a Brian Abraham? Uh, it was Abraham and Crockett. Uh, Bloom called me to welcome me to the organization, but he wasn't uh, particularly part of the uh, interview process. And what you what did you make of the whole uh, kind of like a new look for the Red Sox front office? So um, what do you think of that? Or what do you think of that from the outside? And what did you think of it as you were uh, in the, during the interview process? Uh, as far as I thought, the whole process was actually kind of e not easy, but it was very easy to talk to these guys. Like they were awesome, very opening, uh, open to like discussion, answering my questions. They were like when I had questions about their questions, they were awesome about the whole process. So it was kind of it made me feel comfortable with the organization, just having like a good line of communication and ability to like talk, talk about anything and everything. So. They, uh, they did a really good job making me feel welcome, for sure. And I know you say you don't want to look too far ahead into the future, but if you had to create a five-year plan for your coaching career, uh, what might that look like? And uh, with that in mind, where do you think you'd be in spring 2026? Oh, man, I have no idea where to go with that. <laughs> uh, I love hitting, so I'd love to be a hitting coach somewhere uh, in the minors or – in the majors, anything, but I, I just want, I love hitting part of the game, uh, managing. I would, I would entertain it, but I don't think particularly for me, um, that'd be my strong suit. I think more of like a hitting role or a skill coach would be a better spot for me. So somewhere down those, along those lines. And since you're talking about hitting, I'm kind of curious, like what your philosophy is. Are you a big launch angle guy? Are you more traditional? I think for me growing up in a little bit of both, I'm more on the both side. Um, I think there's a time and place for everything. And it's a matter of who the player is and what the player does and how that relationship you have with the player. Uh, my, I guess my philosophy, if I had to say I had a philosophy is I'm trying to put the player in the best possible position to be explosive and efficient. Um, other than that, I want them they're not, I don't want them to have to do anything unnatural to create anything. I want it to be very fluid and very, I want it to be easy for them. So putting them in a position where their body doesn't feel like it's fighting against itself. Is that what you preach at uh, 401 Elite Baseball Training? Yep. So I do a lot of uh, movement assessments, movement-based training before we even hit. Um, and then as far as like data and numbers, it's more a tool to make sure what I'm seeing and what the numbers are reading are leading me to the right track. And then the adjustments that we're making are also leading to the right track. So it's, it takes my opinion out of it. Uh, 
which is kind of nice because I can show the player exactly the numbers and tell them what it's saying and then get their buy-in through that process as well as building the relationship just personally. So even though with the 401 elite baseball training, you're still allowed to like take care of that while coaching with the Red Sox. Uh, so I won't, it's more just like when I'm here in the winter uh, kind of thing. It's more like, it's more, I wouldn't say it's, it is a business, but it's more just having a site and a place for people to reach out and see stuff um, more than it's going to be like a facility or anything like that. Um, just like a kind of one-stop shop for everything I do with clients. Um, but it's mainly just in the off season kind of thing. And while you get yourself acclimated to the this Red Sox organization, have there been any position player prospects you might be looking forward to working with? Um, I really haven't dove in that far. Um, I'm still kind of trying to learn the systems and stuff like that. Uh, like I guess I'm not going to come in hot. I'm not going to try to come in and make my mark on anyone. Um, I'm going to come in, learn the system the Red Sox have and uh, try to use my knowledge and ability to help the, um, the organization move in the right direction. So kind of taking it step by step before I really like dive into anything like that. And do you have any idea when a minor league spring training will open or has that not been determined either? Uh, that hasn't been determined. I'm still, I'm in the same shoes you are. The minute you hear the minute, I'll probably know too. So. so when minor league camp finally does start, do you think there'll be like an adjustment period given the fact that a lot of those guys weren't uh, doing anything organized last year? Um. There might be. Uh, I know they have the staff down there probably has everything ready to go, um, programmed out. So, like I said, I'm I'm going to be in the same shoes as them. I'm still trying to learn the system, so I'm still waiting to hear what the plan is and everything. So, All right. Well, Chris Hess, thank you very much for your time. You can check out more Chris's hitting instruction at 401EliteBaseballTraining.com. Did I get that right? Yes, thank you. Yep. All right, Chris, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me.